Before we get started with the show, a very special announcement for this week's episode. TWIP is proud to be a participant in this year's five-day deal. What is the deal? Well, it's $3,000 worth of photography training from the industry's best photographers, all for only $127. The catch is it's only available for five days, starting September 10th. Get it all now at twip.pro slash five day deal. That's twip.pro slash five day deal. Bandwidth for TWIP is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly and now pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com and use the promo code TWIP. TWIP is also brought to you by Lynda.com. Learn what you want, when you want. Sign up for a free 10-day trial by visiting Lynda.com slash TWIP. And by FreshBooks, the simple cloud accounting solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and small business owners save time billing and get paid faster. Sign up for free today at FreshBooks.com. And Squarespace. Start building your website today at Squarespace.com and enter the offer code TWIP at checkout to get 10% off. This is TWIP, episode 429, Personal Projects Demystified. Once you start getting into photography, I mean really getting into photography, one thing that starts to happen is that you start wondering what to shoot. And you might even get a little depressed when you see the terabytes of great images that get uploaded every single day. In other words, many people begin suffering from lack of inspiration and maybe even photographic depression. Luckily, we have the concept of personal projects to help you keep inspired and focused. To discuss personal projects and more, this week I'm joined by New York City-based fashion photographer Lindsay Adler and Austin, Texas-based commercial photographer Julio Chorio. It's Monday, September 7th, 2015, and this is Whip. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. This is a really interesting show. Got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. And of course, as always, some really talented photographers on the panel to dive into This Week in Photo. All right, guys, we're going to, uh, I want to do brief introductions, then we're going to dive into the first story, which is personal projects, which I know you both are no stranger to. First up, Lindsay Adler, you haven't been on the show. I mean, we haven't talked in like, I don't know. It's, it's been like a year at least since you and I have talked. I feel like I see you in passing, but I never get to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm good. I thought we were actually friends, and now it's so much time passed. I'm doubting your sincerity. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm great. No, we are friends. It's just busy. We're all busy, busy, busy. Welcome to the show, or welcome <laughs> back to the show. Anything crazy going on in your, in your life, Lindsay? Um, I have, well, the answer is yes, always. Um, I just got back from a trip to Peru, and that was lovely. And I have some two big announcements about this week. I have two. So that's, I, I think we're saving that for later. So everyone has to listen all the way through. Yeah. And um, no, life, life is good. I am turning 30 next week. Oh, you're a baby. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the big 30. Wow. Look at that. I'm not going to reveal what I'm turning in November, but it's not 30. So. I would have guessed younger. 
Oh, thank you. See, Smart I'm woman. excited. See? <laughs> Smart woman. All right, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Um, also sitting next to you in my hangout window is my friend, Mr. Julio Shorio. We haven't talked in forever either, man. What's I know, going it's, on it's, with you? It's been, man, it's been a minute. I was like, I think the other day I was like, man, I got I to gotta hit up Frederick, so. I don't know. Um, Last time we talked, I think your beard was not as gray as it is right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I was like, well, I'm at the priming stage for the winter beard, but then I decided <laughs> I'm probably going to shave it off. So this is as big as it's going to get for the fall. Oh, you're not going mountain man, huh? Nah, it's too much, man. And, and the thing is with beards, no matter how careful I am, wh- whatever I eat, it always ends up in the beard. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the difference is between a beard and not a beard. Maybe it's like a, a, just a subtle weight difference, and my mouth can't. I don't know, but it always ends up in the beard. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, you know, science says everything has gravity. So maybe maybe your beard has a little bit of gravity. It's pulling the food. It could. It could. I just am concerned that I may get attacked by birds at some point. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. See, the listeners can already tell it's going to be a really good I was going to say, I have that fear daily. There you go. What? For, what? Getting food in your beard? No. Birds attacking me. Oh. Oh, with your hands? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to go too far off. I just have to tell you one time I was, uh, I grew up on a farm and I was helping my family removing hay in the barn and the bats came at me and I thought for sure they would just be stuck there for my whole life. I was young and terrified. So it's kind of like the birds, but the bats. So like, yeah, yeah, I feel you with your, your beard fear. Yeah. (laughs) If you were a goth, that would have been a perfect moment. It would have been. You see, we all have, I have, I have tons of little stories like that. We'll save those for later. Um, let's dive into story number one, guys. So uh, it's the importance of personal projects. And I know both of you have, from speaking to you individually, you've done personal projects, you know, a lot. Julio, you've done, you and I've looked at some of your personal projects. You've done some that are on the risque side and some that are on the more pedestrian side. But you kind of thrive on this stuff. Let, just set the stage for us about personal projects, and then I'll read this blurb. For me, I call them, I call them tests, basically. I'm either uh, testing myself and to see if I want to try a new, a new visual style, or perhaps sometimes it's, it's gear-related, but it's mainly, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about a new visual style, and, and i got to discover, is it something I really want to shoot? for client work or is it something that I just kind of want to experiment with? And that's kind of like what part of, I mean, there's so much you can get from test. I test when I test with talent, I'm also testing with um, makeup and wardrobe and all that together to see if, how we work well as a team so that when assignments do come along, um, I'm able to get used that team that, uh, that, that works best and then have a really smooth shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, this story comes to this, this sort of topic comes to us from, Jose Rosado Photography, and we'll link to his blog post and his article that he wrote on his blog um, on This Week in Photo. Um, and Julia, we're back to you. I'm going to dive into some of the other things that you, some of the specifics of the projects you work on. Lindsay, you thrive on personal projects as well, right? So tell us a little bit about your your kind of ethos around personal projects. Definitely. So I try to shoot at least, I would say at least four times a month, something personal. I'm not getting paid for it. And the only boss in the room is me. And that is rewarding in and of itself because a lot of us got into photography to express ourselves and to to be the one in control of the photo. And sometimes we lose that. So um, I shoot a lot of personal projects that 
um, like right now I have a personal project where the theme is, if you look at my portfolio, this would make sense. The theme is red. <laughs> um, and so I go ahead and I make lists of every single thing I can possibly imagine that could be red or that red makes me feel or think of or whatever. And so I try to shoot one or two of those a month. And then I'm a fashion photographer. I probably shoot once or once a month, once every other month, I shoot a nude because then it's totally different. It's not worrying about the hair and the makeup and the wardrobe. It's just the human form. And so it challenges me to think of lighting and, and posing and, and mood. And then I get more creative in Photoshop. So I kind of just try to do something where either I'm the boss or it's super far away from what I normally do for paid work. So it pushes you, pushes you out of the box a little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so with that, so looking at, and when I, when I think about personal projects, I think, like you said, Lindsay, you're, you're working, you don't have the oversight committee there right? Yeah. of the client or the customer or whatever. You're, you're free to express yourself and do whatever you want to do. Lindsay, if you like folks that are listening to this, you're thinking, you know what I need to figure out what to do is, and that's always the thing, right? So it's always like, okay, this all sounds great. I want to do a personal project. Okay. But now I have analysis paralysis. What do I do? Do I go, is my personal project photojournalism of homelessness in my city? Or is it, of you know, great buildings in my city, historic buildings? How do you figure out what you're going to do? Lindsay? Yeah. So I have, I have several different approaches and of course, everybody's different, right? Everybody gets inspiration and then they're, they're inspired to create for different reasons. But my personal projects actually began when I realized that I didn't like so much what I was shooting for my paid work. Um, it was unfulfilling. And then I looked at it and I'm like, this is not my best work. So what I actually started for personal projects was not purely emotional fulfillment, but it was actually let me give myself assignments that is to shoot the type of work I would love to be hired for. If, if I could be hired to shoot something every day of my life, what would push me creatively? What would fulfill me? And so that was actually my first form of personal project, which helped me build my portfolio, which helped me to have the job I have today where I'm paid to shoot stuff that sometimes feels like personal work. So that's like yeah. kind of a, a twist on it. It's not necessarily personal because it has the the commercial twist on it, but it's really rewarding and what you get out of it in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to, I'm going to transition at the end of this, this segment, I'm going to transition into education, which kind of speaks to the secret thing that we're going to talk about a little bit later, Lindsay, <laughs> Julio, your personal projects. I've seen some of the stuff that you work on. Like I tease is you do some risque stuff on one hand and on the other hand, it's, you know, kind of commercial fashion and even some photojournalistic street photography type stuff. Mm -hmm. How do you pick what you're going to do? Like, well, how do you say like, okay, today I'm going to do this particular project and here's why. Sure. Well, I, um, I, I keep a vision file, uh, in Evernote and then an actual physical vision file from, from tears when I do. Oh, um, you're organized. Oh, you're there. Well, so <laughs> I, I, I go back about every three months and I'm like, I start looking at the images and I start writing on the images. What is it about these images that I like? Uh, and I try to narrow it down to about maybe 20 or so. Then I see where my portfolio plugs in to these, to this body of work based on other people's images. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, well, you know, is this something I want to shoot or is it just that I like this particular visual sensibility? And if it's something I want to shoot, then I um, start thinking about what it would take to produce a shoot to make similar 
images that are inspired based on what I have in my vision file. Um, and then I go about shooting it like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. See, that's a good, a good way to look at it. Keeping a list of things. And I remember geez, like years ago, I started this and then never, never kept up with it where back when I was still have, keeping subscriptions to make, you know, some magazines, mm-hmm. I would go through the magazines like, Oh man, this is a great shot. I rip that out and stick that in this big book, you know, and like, Oh man, look at this shot. And then now with the, with the advent of services like Pinterest and if I have an idea for a shot, I'll go to idea. I think that idea might've come from you, Lindsay. I'm not sure. (laughs) Somebody, I think it might've been you, but somebody, somebody clued me into using Pinterest as kind of a way to build visions like that. So I want to like, speaking of the tear sheet kind of thing, Lindsay, do you do that as well, especially from a fashion photographer perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I do is I build mood boards. So what I'll do is I'll look across my, the, the images that I've collected and I'll put together a story. You know, I, I pick one thing that inspired me. Maybe I start with the hair and I build the story around the hair or I start with a piece of wardrobe and I build around that. But you know, one of the things I kind of wanted to bounce back on related to that is I know when I was first looking for inspiration, I actually felt more discouraged than encouraged or inspired because I would look at so many other photographers' work that was incredible and just know that I didn't match up. And I you know what, I might be inspired by, but I'm not going to be as good as, and, and it was, it's discouraging. And so what I, you know, referring back to what he was recommending as well, is if you can look at these images and really analyze what is it that I'm drawn to. You're not trying to copy the whole photo or be that photographer. You're not going to be. You are you. That's what makes you an artist. So is it the hair that inspired you? Is it the color palette? Is it an emotion that you can see in the subject's face? And so when I create these collections of images and mood boards, I'm always analyzing not just I like this photo, but what is it I like about that photo? And exactly like he said, okay, now when I take that element, how can I fit it into my style or my personal project that I have? So yeah, I have more, see, I'm super disorganized. I'm working on it, but I have tens of thousands of images. And uh, that's why usually the only ones that I can actually ever find are the ones on Pinterest because there's actually some semblance of organization there. See, that's where I got it from. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to put this out to both of you guys. So here's like a personal struggle, right? So I've been shooting for a while now, you know, I've been, been calling myself a photographer for a while now. And you, over time you start seeing patterns in the chaos, you know, especially online, you see photos float through from 500 PX and on Instagram and on, on Facebook and Twitter. So you start seeing all these images and over time, over the years, you, you start seeing patterns like, okay, there's a long exposure of some poles sticking out from a dock <laughs> and there's a mountain range with bird in there. And here's a baby photograph that's wrapped up in a blanket, you know? So you start seeing stuff over and over and over again. And me personally, as a photographer, that discourages me because I'm like, yeah, that's a really good, technically competent, creative shot, but I've seen it a million times. No, I don't want to do that. You know, <laughs> what's what's in it for me? It's like like me as as a non-landscape photographer. The way that I look at landscapes are like landscapes are awesome, and I've seen some beautiful shots from Karen Hutt and Trey Ratcliffe and all those guys. But I look at landscapes, I'm like, man, I can never I can never capture a shot of Yosemite that's going to knock those guys out of the water. So why even show up to the party if I can't do something different and innovative? You know, Julia, what what do you think? How do you how do you get out of that rut of, wow, look at all this great photography and there's patterns in there 
and you know I can't do anything better, so I'm just not going to shoot at all. Yeah, it's um, something about our, our the human brain. It's easy to fall into, uh, especially for our creative people to be uh, compare ourselves to other one other artists and get discouraged and all that. And that's really just like a, a, a bad time, man. It's, it's a bad habit you don't want to get into. And I did, I catch myself in there too because uh, I hang out on, on Behance a lot, and there's like all these artists from like Russia and stuff, and they're so badass. I'm oh my like, gosh, my yes. God. I'm like I can't even do this. Um, but what I, I think. Like what I do when I'm looking at this is how, um, how how can I speak to this visual language in, in my own uh, in my own words, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to make my my version of it, not somebody else's. You know, and and sometimes though, if you're really different, if you really try something different, um, it's always good to experiment. But if you're looking to get if you're looking to get likes on Facebook when you experiment, often that's not the way people want to see. Like you said, uh, you know, very cliche kind of thing, baby wrapped in blanket. And, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and certainly it won't be like anyone else's. It'll be like yours. But, um, you know, some photographers do really well with, with I don't, I don't want to say gimmicks, but, you know, the first well, person, yeah, it's, it's the a, first person to rock sepia was a hero, you know? Right, right, right. Well, I look at it, you know, I'm thinking, I think of the internet as everything's a double-edged sword, sometimes a triple-edged sword. So, you know, the internet's great because now we have these gigantic audiences that we can expose our work to and we can do all this cool stuff now. And, you know, there's Facebook and Instagram. There's all this crazy stuff that we can do now that we couldn't do, say, 20 years ago or let's Mm -hmm. say 100 years ago. But when you look at when you look back at the great artists, you know, like the, the, the Vinci's and, you know, those guys and. Michelangelo, these guys are creating these incredible works of art. They weren't expecting to get a whole like millions of likes on their, on their their work, right, Lindsay? I mean, like, yeah. but and did that fuel them? I mean, I, I this is what I wrestle with. I'm like looking at like Michelangelo's work, amazing stuff. You probably never see anything like that again. But he did not have the internet. He did not have peer review processes. He did not have online tutorials. He didn't have trade shows. He didn't have any of this stuff. But yet he still did that stuff that survives to today. What's different? It seems like today things would be a little bit easier because we have all those things to create that caliber of work. Yet we're still seeing patterns in the chaos. What's the deal? I I think that part of the problem is that there's a proliferation of photos. Um, I I read something somewhere that said the average person sees 5,000 marketing-oriented images a day. This is not just images, okay? So then let's imagine us photographers that go through and we seek out images. And so in the past, things didn't necessarily have that opportunity to to become as cliche or expected because there wasn't that much produced. So I just see it as it is certainly bound to be ha- to happen, and and not only are people inspired by others, and some people don't know, you know, aren't, aren't wired to come up with their own ideas, but we're also all humans with some. We a lot of times are wired in the same way, and we will be attracted to certain things. And and this is kind of a side note on this, but you know, for patents, for example, if you look at patents. Um, when a new technology, like sometimes it'll be like this profound brand new technology. And when you look back on it, like 
thousand people were trying to patent at the same time because a collective consciousness has moved in that direction. So that's kind of how I'm, I'm feeling is that a lot of times we're all exposed to similar things. We're all human. We're living a lot of similar, um, we're exposed to similar mass culture. And so it's, it's going to happen. The ability to stand out, the whole creating something different. Um, I think that to some extent, it's knowing that everything's been done. Um, So it's a matter of don't do, don't necessarily try to do something new, try to do something that's you. Like don't do new, do you. And so something, the more that it speaks to you, the more that it's, it is unique because you are one of a kind artist. And so if you can really figure out who you are as an artist, that's how you create something unique. Um, now so that is not easy that, though. <laughs> how do you do that along the way without getting sued for plagiarism? Like what's his name? Robin Thicke and, and Pharrell got sued for mm-hmm. what just recently $7.5 million because they allegedly used a piece of a Marvin Gaye song. I heard it. Alleging they did. Right. Yeah. So it was a very popular song. So what about that? I mean, that's that's digital media. And they they said, quote, they drew inspiration from that. But now they're on the hook for seven point five million dollars, which they are, you know, they're going to drag it back into court. But still, you know, seven point five million for creative inspiration. Yeah, I mean, I think it's challenging. And I've had instances. So I've got two perfect instances. There was a little while back. I don't know, it was a couple years ago where um, a photo popped up online um, where, I mean, it was as close to a photo I had taken as possible that someone else had shot. They went ahead and they, they basically tried to reproduce my photo as close as possible. And so I asked the question, you know, is this, is this inspiration or is this imitation or just flat out copying? And, you know, so while maybe, you know, maybe as an artist, I could be indignant, you know, this person ripped me off. Okay. Fast forward. Um, maybe about a month ago, um, I shot, I did a shoot and I was looking at the images and I'm like, wow, you know what? I, I really think I've seen this before. Like I, I, I shot this, like I created this shoot and I'm thinking about it. And I started doing research and I started going through Pinterest and it wasn't in my boards. And eventually I found a photo and it looks so, so stinking similar, but I didn't realize it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't in my consciousness. It wasn't before in front of me. It wasn't on a mood board, but it was in the back of my head. So I guess my point is it's, yeah. it's not that easy. It's, it's not that easy, especially when you are consuming a lot of visuals all the time and you're inspired by things and it just gets tucked away. You know, so I think there's a difference between you see an image, you see an artist and you're trying to do the exact same thing or when you're being inspired by something and trying to put your own twist on it. And it's, there's, it's not always clear cut, but I think intention really does often make a difference in the end result as well. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a hard problem, especially, I mean, it's a, it's a problem unique to creatives, right? Because like you said, you could, your subconscious is always cranking, even when you're sleeping and you hear or see something, um, you know, you're driving down the road and you just glance up at a billboard and now that's in your subconscious and you go back and you have this epiphany of, I had the greatest idea for a shot and you go do it. And it's the shot that was on that billboard or something very similar. Julia, what about you? I mean, do you worry about that? Or in other words, where do you pull the the uh, the inspiration from so that it's original? Um, 
Well, I, again, I think, again, I just find stuff that, that, that inspires me in one form or another. Sometimes it's yeah. not even visual. Sometimes it's music. Sometimes it's a book. Cool. And I just, I, I'll, I'll write down my own concepts. Um, I'll pull from visuals, you know, and, and just try to make it my own uh, so that I'm inspired. So that when I, when I shoot this, I'm, I'm, when I'm creating something for myself, I'm like, this I'm doing for me. And I want to feel satisfied 100%. And even if it, the, the test isn't a success um, in the way that I wanted it to be, I feel satisfied that um, I made that effort. Um, but I, I have people copy me all the time. I mean, and I used to really get concerned about it. I used to put my, my watermark up. Um, I don't I don't worry about it anymore. And, I, you know, I don't worry about it anymore. And the life, the life, the life of a photo, man. What is it like? like <laughs> oh, my gosh. Days? If yeah. that. If yeah. you look at your analytics on, like, Instagram, man, I don't unless it's like a cat or a hot chick, you know, it's, it's dropped. It's or dropped a hot off. Chick holding a cat, right? right. <laughs> Which is also that that's an actual Instagram feed, by the way. Um, um, I follow you know, one it, called it hot off. dudes with dogs. There you go. Of course, just to keep it fair and balanced. Right? I'm trying to be fair here. Okay. Um, you know, I, I've had people copy my, my, like just right click and save my photos and, um, make their own website. And I had clients come to me and they're like, this guy's marketing your work to us. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, yeah. I mean, you're not the first photographer I heard say that, uh, who was it? Trey Ratcliffe says that as well. You know, he's, life is too short to chase after the bottom feeders when you could be using that time to actually create more art and doesn't want to pay attention to those guys because they generate too much negative energy that takes away from what he wants to be doing in life. And they're a mm -hmm. rounding error in the grand scheme of things yes. anyway. You know, so you know, interesting. I, I had one major label um, steal my work once uh, in 2008. That that went on between my attorney and, and their attorney for a few years. And at the end of the day, I got like 800 bucks after all the expenses were done. And after that, and all stress and all yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And after that, I'm like, man, unless it's like a billboard by like a major car company or something stealing my work, I'm just not going to worry about it. Yeah. You know? Oof, that's scary. Yeah, and it makes you not want to litigate, but then it also, you know, it's scary that people can steal your stuff and get away with it for eight hundred bucks, right? Yeah, and then what if they steal it and they're based in China or something? What are you gonna do? What are right. you gonna do? I mean, mm -hmm. it's We're like, do you, do, I mean, I guess it's a whole different conversation. But do you even bother copywriting your work anymore? Interesting. Yeah, there's a whole other conversation. But I want to, I want to branch this conversation into education. And earlier today, I did an interview with. Um, uh, Valerie and Griffin Stewart. These are the guys behind the five day deal. Mm -hmm. And we sat down and this Valerie, you're, or, or Valerie, Valerie's in on the five day deal. She's kind of the, uh, one of the, the main forces behind it. Um, but Lindsay, I know you have products in there. I have products mm -hmm. in there. And when I first was approached by them to participate in the five day deal, I looked at it and this was last year when I participated, mm -hmm. I looked at it and I was, I looked at it with one eye closed because I was thinking, you know, this, is this real? Is this a scam to build email lists? Is it a, is it a Kickstarter type thing that needs to get funding before they actually ship things? Um, so when I participated, I found obviously that it wasn't that is actually a really legit deal that a bunch of my peers and people that I know, love and respect are participating in. Um, but I thought there was merit, especially this being the week that they're launching it. I thought there was merit in bringing them on the show in an interview to kind of pull the covers back and talk about the mechanics of it. 
Because it's just two people that are moving mountains to the tune of millions of dollars and funding charities and all this stuff from mm-hmm. their living room. It's just ridiculous. So we're going to talk. We're going to I'm going to run this interview right now with those guys. And then after it, I want to talk about just education and photography. And Lindsay, I want to dive into what you're how you're participating in the five day deal as well. So let's let's give this a listen right now. All right, folks, welcome back to uh, another episode. This is a really, really interesting talk that I'm going to be doing for a couple of reasons that you'll find out about in a second. Uh, One of the main reasons that I wanted to chat with both Valerie and Griffin is that they're they're the people that are behind this thing that you've probably heard about already uh, yesterday or, you know, earlier this week. It's called the five day deal that most of my friends are participating, in, you know, and I want to talk about um, and I have a product in the five day deal as well. So I want to talk about why I included a product in there. And I want to talk about the inception of the five day deal and kind of get under the covers, because as we were talking about pre-show before we started recording, a lot of people look at deals like the five day deal um, and specifically the five day deal with kind of one eye closed. And they think, you know, this the numbers that they're talking about here are too good to be true for what they're asking me to pay. So I want to dive into that and kind of pull the covers back a little bit. So Valerie and Griffin, welcome. Thank Thanks you so much. Thanks All right. For us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, thank you guys for coming on because we're recording this. This is Monday. Uh, what is the day here? <laughs> the 7th, right? So we're recording this on the 7th. This is going to go live. So people won't be hearing this until Friday after the deal is already live. So who knows how your life is going to change between now and then. <laughs> but but you guys are insanely busy. And um, I want to talk about that a little bit. So you're you are masterminding quite literally a multi-million dollar project. And it's just the two of you on the administrative side. Valerie, you want to talk about that a little bit? How 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 do you do that? <laughs> how does two people? I mean, I have trouble managing just my little projects here, and you guys are managing this massive kind of you know gigantic thing with charity aspects and all that stuff. How do you do it? We have literally been working on this since the day the deal closed last year. I mean, wow. with the two of us full force, this is our full time job. Wow. Yeah. So since. So for 365 days or 360 <laughs> days, you guys, you guys have been working on that reminds me of when I worked at Apple, uh, <laughs> when we, so we would, this is back in the days of Macworld and we would uh, work yeah. all year mm-hmm. up to a Macworld and planning for the next Macworld started the first day <laughs> you got back to work after Macworld ended. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of like that. It's just a never ending cycle. So, Okay. Yeah, Griffin, talk about the, the last deal a little bit. So the last one, when I saw those numbers and you guys published, you know, how much you were given to charity and all that stuff, I was like, that's just, that's amazing. So tell me about that. How did, how did the last deal go? And were you guys pleased with the numbers? Were you shocked? Uh, yeah, we were shocked. We, um, our first sale, we were able to donate 45000 to charity, which was awesome, you know, in five days. Um, so then we, we got ready and geared up for the the second sale and our goal, which we thought was pretty ambitious, was to more than double that and do a hundred thousand for charity. And by I think the second day or day two and a half, um, you know, it was it was past a hundred thousand already. And uh, yeah, it was just it was just a lot of fun. Um, you know, we partner with with you and other other amazing photographers. So, you know, even though it is just the two of us kind of managing it, it's it's um, the impact is because 
of all the people that we're able to partner with and just um, the, you know, that wouldn't be possible without them. So, yeah, without the crowd. Yeah, it's just a, it's a, there's a, a, a giant who's who list and you guys can tell me how many people are in there, but there's a giant who's who's list of photographers. And that's one of the reasons why I felt comfortable participating because I'm like, you know, if Serge Ramili and and David Dushman <laughs> and, you know, Lindsay Adler, all these people that I know, love and trust are in mm -hmm. there, it's got to be good, you know, so I wanted to participate, too. Um, so in that, because of these folks, these amazing photographers and their reach, you're able to reach a lot of, of extended photographers. So talk about the, that piece a little bit, Valerie, or, or both you guys, you know, in tandem. The, the reach or the overall reach of this thing, was that by design or was it just, you know, let's just kind of go out to these, these photographers because they do good educational projects or what was your mindset behind actually building the list of people that participated? Well, it's, to begin with, we just wanted the best products. You know, we want to go out and we want to find out where the teaching is coming from, mm -hmm. who is, you know, what kind of people are, are putting this thing together. And we want to get the best products because we know that that's going to sell. We know that that's going to help people's photography come along. So yeah. usually it follows that the best products have a big following. So it just kind of follows like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. So then, Griffin, what's in this? I mean, don't don't we can we'll link to the the, the product op, obviously the five day deal obviously. But mm -hmm. generally, who are who are some of the names that are in that are participating this year? We know we've got Frederick Van Johnson in there, but <laughs> but who else is in there? Uh, yeah, so this year we're we're really excited just with the full list. There's over 26 photographers that are going to be in it, and there's over um, it's around 10 products that are brand new products launching with the deal, including uh, your great time lapse yeah. product. And yep. um, so yeah, we're you know we've got uh, like Joel Grimes, Zach Arias, Jeremy Cowart, um, and just too many to name, but just a lot of great people. So we're yeah. excited. So let's talk about the numbers a little bit. So each one of these photographers, like you said, there's, you know, what is it, a dozen or so original products in there that are exclusive to the five-day deal. So you have to get mm -hmm. a deal in order to get these, including mine, which is the, the Time Traveler's Toolkit. So that's in there. Um, but when someone purchases this, first of all, how much does it cost? And when they purchase, what do they get? What's the experience? Because I, I know there's a lot of, like, you know, is this real? Am I, are they going to deliver? Is this like a Kickstarter or, you know, am I funding something that I'm going to get in the future? What, what is it? So talk about the logistics and, and what the folks actually get when they plunk down their money. Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so basically what we're doing with this sale is, is we're just able to leverage, um, normally maybe a photographer could sell a couple hundred or a couple thousand of their product in a year. And with this sale, by everybody kind of coming together and uh, working collaboratively, we're able to sell. Um, last year in October, we sold 22,000 bundles in five days, which is still mind blowing to me. And um, so we're able to do that. 10% of the purchase goes towards charity. So just from one sale last year, we donated 200,000, and total last year was 250,000. Um, and yeah, as far as the purchasing experience, when you click buy, put in your information, then immediately after that, you're gonna get an email with download links to all the products. Um, there's a few products that are online courses and you'll get the registration codes for those. And you know, within a day or two, cause it, it is a big uh, file size, but within a day or two, you can have 
all of your files and be registered for all your courses. And it's basically over probably over a year's worth of training that you're going to be able to get. Um, the retail value is $3,300. And for the five days of the sale, that's all going to be available for over 96% off at just $127. So we're wow. really excited about it. See, that's crazy. And that's that's where people, I think, people get upset when they miss it. Because I know you guys probably <laughs> yes. have seen this, right, after yes. the end of the last one. They miss the window and they're like, hey, I was fill in the blank excuse. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they get emails. Yeah, you get the emails and they're like, you know, can you make this one exception? And they're like one of 5,000 people that have emailed you. But <laughs> yeah, because because it seems too good to be true. And then people talk to other people that actually purchased and they're like, oh, I got all this stuff for a hundred and whatever dollars uh -huh. and they want it too. So do, do you guys get that at the end of the sale? Like what, what are yes. some of the emails that you got or some of the excuses that you got? Uh, we have... I don't know how many people are actually in their home country when the when the sale is going on, but everybody's out of the country, and they they email us immediately. I was out of the country, I didn't know, and we're like, well, it's it's global, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, 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 that's that's probably hands down the the number one excuse. I was out of the country. Well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, yeah, the only excuse being away would be I was off the planet somewhere where <laughs> where the internet doesn't reach. Exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. This year we've we've done the presale giveaway, and um, a lot of our contributors have kind of been preparing. So hopefully everybody's sort of got it on their calendar. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be sending out some messages today, actually, on that. So talk about the giveaway. What is the what's the giveaway about, and what's entailed in there? All right. Uh, well, yeah. So the giveaway is um, it's a fifty thousand dollar total value giveaway, and uh, we've just been really blessed and fortunate that so many of our um, contributors and affiliates have put products into that. And so I don't know the exact total, but there's uh, easily over a hundred and possibly over 200 different prizes that we'll be giving out um, from digital products to a new 13 inch MacBook Pro Retina to um, a couple cameras. Like photography is one of my hobbies and passions. And so when we were coming up with this, I was like, if somebody were to offer me just here's some stuff to start, you know, getting into photography or increasing your photography. Um, what are the things that I would want? And so that's kind of what we've put together in this. So. And that, and then, so just so I'm clear, the, the giveaway, how do people participate in that? That's, that's open for everyone right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, the giveaway is or... open for everyone now and there's, um, there's no purchase necessary and it's actually, your purchase does not automatically include you in the giveaway. So we encourage people on the receipt and afterwards to enter that. Um, but yeah, it'll be open through the end of the sale and we'll be announcing winners starting when the sale launches all the way through the end. And how do you, how do you pick those winners of that? Uh, we use, um, we're using raffle copter and then also random.org. Um, love just, both of those. Yeah. Yeah. To just pick random winners from those. So. That's cool. I love how you guys are using, I mean, everything on the back end of this is impressive, right? Everything, from the, from the administrative side of it, I've been kind of watching everything from how you guys set it up with Facebook and for all the contributors to, you know, building the whole thing on WordPress and using that kind of, infra, you know, rock solid infrastructure and the payment processing to using tools like Rafflecopter and random.org. It's like, <laughs> this is of the internet by the internet, right? And was not literally something like this probably wouldn't have been possible 10 years ago. But yes. now today you can do it. Right? Yeah, it's amazing. Like 10 years ago, you would probably, you know, you could have maybe done it with $50,000 programming budget, but now 
you know, the tools are there where it's, it's very reasonable to put something together. Yeah. You could build something pretty compelling on your MacBook pro sitting in Starbucks, drink, <laughs> sipping a latte, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but with that, that leads me to my next question and that's competition and barriers to entry for something like this. So mm-hmm. after the success of the last one, I was thinking, oh, blood's in the water now, man. The sharks are going to come out and we're going to be seeing five, four, three, 10 day deals you know, all over the place. But I haven't seen that many, to be honest. I may have seen one or two, but I haven't seen the deluge of deals that I thought I was going to see. Are you guys worried about that at all? Or, you they're, know, coming. How, they're coming. They're coming. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've seen a couple um, that have popped up and, you know, we kind of we kind of take that as an opportunity to better our own product and to better what we're doing. So we get feedback from the different contributors and, and we say, okay, well, what can we do better? What what did you guys learn over there that we can do on our side to make this experience better for you, better for the customers? Um, and you know, we we get an overwhelming amount of people that come back to us and say, yours is the best. So you know, that's that's helpful to us and you know that's encouraging. And, um, you know, what we have found with the competition bundles that have popped up is that these are repeats of, of our previous bundles. Yeah. Um, one of the ones that we saw this year was 39% of the products we had um, in mm. our last bundle. So mm-hmm. we're doing all new stuff. We do not do repeats at all. Um, so it. like with the, the launch products, you know, that's a, that's a big thing. These are products you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. Um, so we have all the launch products and we do completely new things. They've never been in any kind of bundle before. Yeah, see, that that is great. And that's why I say this is one of the most important things that happens in the photography universe, you know, in the year, because mm-hmm. because I'm a huge fan of education and inspiration and all, and all those kinds of things. And that's what keeps us going as photographers. It's like, oh, I want to try this new thing or I want to learn <laughs> yeah. this new technique or this new piece of gear or whatever. Yeah. That's what keeps it fresh all the time. And something like this comes out and no one has a whole ton of money, you know, and mm-hmm. something like this comes out, you know, $127 is not a lot of money for three grand worth of education from all of these exactly. rock stars. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. And the only way that you can do that, I look at this, something like this as almost, you know, people, people look at Walmart with different kinds of perspectives. But the reason Walmart is Walmart is because, and Apple is Apple, for example, is because they can buy and they can use their mass mm-hmm. to give the public uh, either a higher quality product or, or a lower price product than they would ordinarily pay. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is here because of the the mass and the group of photographers that you guys have assembled through the momentum of the five day deal. You can lower the price down to one hundred twenty seven dollars and still make a lot of your, your charitable partners mm-hmm. weep with joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's another thing that, um, you know, separates us from some of the competitors is the the charity impact we're able to have you know just two hundred and fifty thousand dollars donated in twenty fourteen our goal for this sale is um, three hundred thousand and some of the other bundle sales they either don't give to charity or they they don't have as much impact for charity so yeah um, that's yeah, been was... really cool to just just see that and how that. Uh, played and you guys are you're world. supporting how many was it five charities in there con, including Jeremy, Jeremy Cowart's uh, Help Portrait, right? Mm-hmm. It's four. Yeah. So we're doing four. Help Portrait, which, you know, from Jeremy Cowart, um, mm-hmm. which gives photographs. And, and actually, they do a whole setup. They do like makeup and hair and they take portraits of people who just wouldn't be able to have portraits of their families or portraits of themselves. So doing Help Portrait, we're doing an organization called the BOMA Project, which uh, helps uh, give business strategies and and not loans, but grants to um, people in extreme poverty, women in extreme poverty in uh, Kenya, 
And so that's kind of a project that's close to our heart. Um, Griffin was actually born in Kenya. So we've oh, been yeah. down there. Yeah. So um, that Kenya, you know, we, we love Kenya. We definitely wanted to put that one on the list. Um, yep. We're doing Camp Swalomal, which is actually close to my heart. I was actually a camper there when I was a kid. So um, oh. Camp Swalomal is a camp for children with cancer. It's in Alabama, which is where I'm from. Yeah. So the last one is, um, is Flashes of Hope. And they do two things. They actually raise money for pediatric cancer research and hoping to find a cure, which is obviously the most important for that organization. And then they also take portraits of children with cancer who are going through treatment and kind of do some family portraits of those kids. And um, that's a really important aspect. A lot of those kids don't survive. And so these are portraits that their families are going to treasure forever. Love it. I love it. And that's like you said, that's one of the differentiating factors between the five day deal and the other deals that are popping up is the the whole charity piece of it. When I, I was thinking about this and I was kind of rewinding back in time, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Jerry Lewis and the Jerry Lewis telethons that he used to do yeah. like way, way <laughs> back in the day. Um, and I, I, I don't remember the numbers that they raised, but I'm wondering if is this the new the new version of the Jerry Lewis telethon using, you know, vertical genre based initiatives like photography to really in a short amount of time deliver a, a solid punch to help these different charities. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's amazing what you guys are doing. Why? So uh, Gervin, you said $300,000 is the, what you're going for this time. Mm-hmm. Why 300? So first of all, why, $300,000, why not $100,000 and put the other 200 in the bank? Or, you know, <laughs> why the 300K? Uh, well, yeah, so last year, our first sale was 45 and then uh, the second sale was 200. Mm-hmm. So, um, or roughly, so it was about 250,000 donated last year in 10 days. And just from, you know, those numbers from the first sale to the second sale, I mean, it was a over a 400% increase in um, you know, impact and sales volume and charity donations. So uh, this year, we think we can probably even outdo both sales from last year in just the five days. Um, so we wanted to set, you know, we try to set a goal that's that pushes us a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So we felt like 300,000 was there. And, you know, who knows, maybe by the time this is produce we may be you know most of the way there or, or through that goal so yeah yeah i think you excited. will be through that you'll be through that um and i'll tell you as a contributor um or participant in the deal that was one of the deciding factors aside from you know the my peers being in there but that was a, a deciding factor that you guys had that charitable aspect of it and i'm always looking for ways for twip to participate i mean we don't generate a whole lot of revenue on twip we generate enough enough to keep the lights on and the host happy <laughs> um but if we can use our our reach to do something important like this by me participating and helping push this number forward you know then it's a win-win for you guys for us for the the charities and for the people that are purchasing the deal so it's a win-win all around so well, congratulations, guys. I mean, this is this is really good. I'm excited you guys took the time to do this. I want to be respectful of your time because I know you got to get back to it and make sure this goes off without a hitch. Um, last question is, what's next? Once this deal, once this thing goes out, I know once the deal is over, you're going to be working on 2016. That's it, yeah. <laughs> but what, in, in 2016, what can we, you know, tip your hat a little bit? I know you don't want to reveal all the secrets, but what do people have to look forward to if they miss this deal? 
Well, hopefully they're not going to miss it. Maybe they're <laughs> maybe they're paying attention. Certainly well, they may everywhere. be listening to this, you know, sometime next month or something. Oh, so no. they, they may have missed it already. <laughs> yeah, we are we are expanding. We we can't give away exactly what we're doing, but we've yeah. got we've got big plans for 2016. We think everybody's going to like it. I love it. I love it. See, Valerie, that's very Apple of you. See, that's what <laughs> Apple would say. I'm sorry. That's a great question, but we can't discuss unreleased products or services or speculate on <laughs> Next. <laughs> that's good, guys. Well, congratulations. Thanks Thank for you. doing this. Um, you know, you. I'm going to, you know, promote it, obviously, to, to my networks and to anybody that will listen. So I think it's, it's not only good uh, for you guys, it's good for those charities. It's good for all my friends that are participating. It's good for me and TWIP because it'll help us keep the lights on, you know, the whole nine yards. So congrats and thanks for doing this. Thank, Thank you. you. We're excited. Okay. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. This episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online training platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, just visit lynda.com slash twip. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash T-W-I-P. Now, lynda.com is for problem solvers, creative people, or just people who want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel or learn negotiation tactics or build a website or even boost your Photoshop skills. Just go to lynda.com and feed your curious mind. lynda.com offers a ton of courses on Lightroom, Photoshop, and the Adobe Creative Cloud, and many on just getting inspired or re-inspired about your photography. With a lynda.com membership, you can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching, and you can stream thousands thousands of video courses on demand and learn at your own schedule. And courses are structured so that you can watch them from start to finish or you can consume them in bite-sized pieces. You can even download tutorials and watch them on the go from your iOS or Android device. Your lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics all for one flat rate. So whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or just want to learn something new, visit lynda.com slash twip and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's l-y-n-d-a dot com slash twip. All right, we're back to the show now. Uh, so Lindsay Adler, you're in on this five-day deal mm-hmm. uh, with Griffin and uh and Valerie over there. Great people, obviously, as, as the listeners can probably tell, very genuine, like just down to earth mm-hmm. people, you know, not, not, doesn't seem like there's a disingenuous bone in their body. In the interview, you, I don't, I don't think you've heard the interview yet, but in the interview, like I said before, the tease, I said the main reason, two of the main reasons why I wanted to participate in the five day deal was because people like you are in there and, you know, there's you, there's David Dushman, there's, you know, it goes on and on, you know, Serge Ramilly, et cetera. All these people are in there. I'm like, okay, if they're in there, peer, not, not so much as peer pressure, but it's validation. <laughs> sure. it's like I trust you guys. And if you guys are in there, then I, it's okay for me to be in there. Uh, plus the charity aspect of it that mm-hmm. we talked about in that interview. What drew you to be into the, into, to include products in the five day deal? Well, I've got two things, but the, the one that, that I think was pretty awesome was the original thing that caught my attention was the charity aspect. And they, I was actually in the very first five day deal. So this one is the third one or fourth one. I was in the very, very first one. And they mentioned the charity part of it. And what ended up being awesome is my 
my little sister always teases me because my little sister is in the Peace Corps and she is stationed in Madagascar and she helps she helps spread awareness about many things, you know, health and sanitation, but also prevention and treating malaria and all of these things. And so she always tells me how she's saving the world and I take pictures of pretty people. <laughs> so she's like, what are you doing? And um, so anyway, last year, um, one of the one of the charities that the five day deal raised money for was an organization called Mercy Ships. And what Mercy Ships does is they go um, on the coast of Africa and they'll set up. And so they're they're able to provide surgical facilities and procedures that people wouldn't be able to get otherwise. And a lot of times it's things that are life-threatening but can be cured easily. So we raised tons of money um, for Mercy Ships. And it was really cool because my sister over in Madagascar actually ended up working with Mercy Ships. And she went out and, and collaborated with them and helped bring people that needed these treatments to Mercy Ship. And she was able to analyze that. So I thought it was a, a cool full circle that I was able to contribute to that. And then it was kind of finished off and actually uh, carried out by my little sister. So I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. Is the five-day deal, in, in speaking with them, they and to re- reiterate what they said in the interview, for 127 bucks, I think it was 127 bucks, you're getting $3,000 worth of training, which is those two numbers don't really jive, which is why, you know, a lot of people look at it with one eye closed. <laughs> sure. So $3,000 and we'll link to the uh, to the deal from this this uh, from this blog post. But yeah, three thousand dollars for one hundred twenty-seven bucks, and then they're trying to raise. Jeez, I forget what the number was. Dollars, ridiculous number like that that they're going to be giving to charity. And I, I asked him in the interview. I'm like, okay, where where did that three hundred thousand dollars to charity number come from? Why not a hundred thousand and put the two hundred thousand in the bank or use, you know, buy you and Valerie some Teslas, you know? <laughs> and, he, and he basically said they're just trying to up it. That's where their altruism comes in. They're trying to up it yeah. from last year and, and re-beat the goal that they had last year and, and help the world, which I think is really cool. But I wanted to – I don't I want to center this all in the five-day deal. I want to talk specifically about education. And the, t- the tie-in to the five-day deal is it's like a year's worth of training that you get for 127 bucks, and they only do it for those five days once a year. So – and anybody can get in there, you know. So mm-hmm. the tie-in, Julio, I wanted to get your opinion on this. Photographers, like I, for me, I'm a, I'm a big fan of education. I'm, this, I'm the, the vice chairman of the board at Brooks Institute in Santa Barbara. In your opinion, what do you think is the best way for folks to learn photography? Say someone that's just like, you know what? People have been telling me my shots are pretty good that I do on my iPhone. And I'm thinking of upping my game and to become more like Julio or Lindsay, what, what should, what should I do? What, what advice would you give to them to become better? Uh, go out and shoot more. And, yeah. and, and Mileage. Shoot with, well, and, but specifically create with intent. It's so easy, uh, right. For people to go out and say, get into street photography and they're just randomly shooting whatever. And if that's a, that's a trap that people can get involved in, in, and deep and what's happening is they're just kind of learning how to use the mechanics of their camera and they're not really growing uh, as a creative being so if you're out and you're creating with intent I'm gonna go out today and I'm gonna shoot five really cool street portraits of dogs and and I looked at my vision file and I like the way this black and white looks 
and I got that preset on my camera and I'm going to shoot those only with JPEG. So I'm not, so I'm going to get a writing camera and with one lens or whatever. You're giving yourself constraints, um, learn something more in depth, something really specific. Then there's like, like the, something like the five day deal on lynda.com. There's all the stuff you get on Twip. That's where I think where that stuff really comes in handy when, uh, especially if it's like winter time and you're not able to go out and shoot because it's so cold, you know, that's a great time to, to dive into a, uh, an educational book, a seminar, um, a video. That yeah. It's just, it, again, like it's, it's overwhelmed much like we were talking about in the, in the beginning segment there, just picking things to focus on is overwhelming. Like, you know, I got tons of books back here. I think I've read maybe a third of them, tons of photography books. There's online resources. I have a lynda.com subscription, um, Lindsay, you have training on your site. Nicole's has training on her site. There's Kelby training. There's creative life. There's all this, there's workshops, you know, there's all this stuff coming at people. How, Lindsay, how do people say, okay, this is how I'm going to learn to be a better photographer without getting distracted or suffering from the analysis paralysis. Okay. So I think it's twofold. Um, one of the things I recommend is finding someone that both inspires you. So finding the photographers that inspire you and trying to see what you can learn from them. And also finding people who you understand their teaching style, because part of the reason there is so much education out there is because there's different styles and everyone learns in a different way. Maybe you really, really like to grasp more of the way it was approached in college and high school. And that's how you used to learn. Or maybe you like things that are completely off the wall, wacky people shouting and it's energy and, and it touches you emotionally. Um, but I think that it's important to do this online digitally and also in person. Because when you find there's there's nothing like like I remember in college, okay, I I taken I I did take photography in college as part of what I studied. And um I took a whole class on studio lighting and honestly at the end of the class I knew I knew minimal. <laughs> like it was not that great. And then I went and I saw this fashion photographer work in New York, and I remember for the first time seeing him change the angle of his beauty dish and add a flag. And I just was mind blown. And it took him 10 seconds to do it, but I'd never thought to add a flag the way he did, which is, it's basically blocking off light for anyone who doesn't know. And then the, just the tilt of the beauty dish. And I was, my brain just exploded. So it all has to work together. It really has to be a combination of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a perfect way to put it in, in um, educational or marketing terms, they would say it's the modes of learning, right? So sure. some people learn better sitting in front of the computer. Some people need to be in a classroom and be able to raise their hand and ask a question in that hands-on. Some people learn better isolated with a book and a highlighter and going through it. But you hit it right on the head, Lindsay. I think those, those offline things are a toe in the water. To really get there, you need you need to be face to face and you need to actually be doing it with somebody that's better than you. It's kind of like reading a book on karate and understanding right. the fundamentals of karate and then getting in a fight you know, and trying to use that karate. Right. Or the learning a language. You can take, you know, a Rosetta Stone or whatever it is and you practice it. But so you really have the conversations with the people who are fluent. It, it's not it's not the same. It's not ingrained in you the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Julio, you were going to say something? Yeah, I think um, it, it, the advice I would give to an emerging pro would be 
a little different. So emerging pros need to all be uh, apprenticing with a working professional and take that apprenticeship as your, like your life depends on it because you're going to learn so much mm-hmm. through, through um, being an assistant and you have to take it seriously. Uh, I've had apprentices, I've had many apprentices, um, you know, it's always an honor to teach them and some worked out well and some didn't work out as well as others. But uh, when I assisted, I was not a very good assistant. Let me tell you, I hate lifting heavy stuff. If that's like, you're going to go lift that body bag to the C-stands, I'm like, uh, I think I need to take a break. You know? <laughs> um, but I, I always had a really good attitude about it when I got my first studio, which I was renting from a master photographer. I was like, I really want to rent here. I'll clean your toilets. I'll do mop your floor or whatever I got. I had a hunger to go out and figure this out that I needed and I wanted to learn from a working pro and see how they dealt with, with clients, uh, contracts, all, all that stuff and, and surround myself with it uh, as much as I could. So apprenticing with a working professional is important, but if you're serious about it, if don't I should say this, don't do it if you're not 100% serious about it. Don't go waste a working professional's time because you had an idea. Hey, that sounds like a good idea. And it's not like um, a gym membership where you can quit. If you if you get in with a, with a working pro, so you start, someone starts working with, with Lindsay, and then you know it takes time to kind of get up to speed, and then you split mm-hmm. because the going gets tough. Now you're kind of putting her out, you know. But if you're gonna if you're a working pro or, or if, you're, if you're an emerging pro and you really really want to do it. Work with somebody um, and make that job your number one priority, and you will you will learn so much. Love it, love it. You know, one one thing that's missing, I think, from a lot of education, and you know, I think terrestrial, like brick and mortar education, like at Brooks and other schools, and um, online is the business side of mm. photography, the marketing, the social media, the taxes the just all that ugly that ugly monster you know zoidberg stuff that nobody wants to mess with you know it's that's what's missing after the break we're going to talk about a new service that's helping hopefully to take some of the pain out of that nasty business side of things with um online contracts and billing so let's listen to this break first If you haven't checked out Squarespace lately, you really should pop over to squarespace.com and have a look. The templates they use are stunning and completely remove the need to do any coding or maintenance. And if you want, you can customize these templates to meet your particular aesthetic. The sites look professionally designed regardless of your skill level. You don't need any coding skill or any magic like that. Their intuitive tools are easy to use. Squarespace also has state-of-the-art technology powering the site to make sure that it's secure and stable. And also, it's trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world are using Squarespace. Plans start at $8 a month and you can even get a free domain if you sign up for a year. You can start your free trial today with no credit card required over at squarespace.com. Then when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code TWIP to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. All right, guys, we are back. Story number three is about a company called Agree, and somehow they got the domain name agree.com. So basically what Agree does is they're aiming to make contracts easy and simple by putting everything online. They're targeting photographers, videographers, designers, and other creative professionals. So online, you build the contract, the, the, uh, your customer or subject digitally signs it, 
and and then the payment and all that nasty stuff and the bugging stuff on the back end, they handle that as well. And it's a subscription service. So they're I'm looking at their prices here in the notes. So you they have an un, they have a limited beta, but when they launch, it's going to be free with a maximum of three active contracts at any time. Otherwise, you can opt to upgrade to unlimited with no restrictions for twenty bucks a month or two or two hundred forty bucks a year. And then they have some early registration specials. So Lindsay, I know you do this a lot, right, with your your clients, or maybe you don't. I mean, because you're kind of I put you in this this on this pedestal of the high-end oh, New York fashion <laughs> photographer. You walk in with your sunglasses on, somebody hands oh, yeah. you a Hasselblad, you take two shots, you walk out, go get your coffee, right? So. <laughs> yeah, I wish. That would be awesome. So, but, but seriously, like for someone like you that's dealing with clients and, and you know whether they're like one-off clients or corporate clients, how do you handle the billing right now? And will, this, will the service like Agree fit into something like what you're doing? It's really interesting because this is going to tie into a piece of advice that's going to sound really funny. But in my my experience, um, so I was the one man or the one woman show forever when I moved to New York, right? It's It was all of that, the taxes and the invoicing and the marketing and the cold calls and the I was the cleaner and the like I was everything. And then I realized it really took away from my time doing what my strength is. My strength is my interactions with my customers. And then of course, creating concept development and and figuring out what clients to pitch to and all of that stuff. So every time I would make a little bit more money, I would give it away to someone else who could help me not do the crappy stuff. (laughs) So what I mean by that is um, I currently have two full-time employees and um, one of my full-time employees handles my bookkeeping and my invoicing and my contracts and all of that stuff. And that's, but that's her whole job. So just, I mean, for somebody who's like, yeah, I don't have X thousands of dollars to have an employee who handles that. I meant not at that point. I think it makes a ton of sense to have services like that. And I, um, you know, there's, there's, there are other programs that I'd use along the way. I've used fresh books for my invoicing and whatnot. And then I had uh, blink bid for, um, figuring out what to quote commercial clients and building up those contracts. So in other words, what I did is I would use online services. And so I made enough money to like, not even have to do that. Like someone else can do even those online services. Hire a human. Yeah. I yeah. Love yeah. So use, use digital minions until you can hire real minions. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yes. And that's actually what my, my uh, photo assistants, they called themselves the minions. And they said this year for Halloween, they wanted to dress up as minions with me. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's funny. You, you mentioned FreshBooks. They're a sponsor of Twip. And mm-hmm. um, I've been, I was using FreshBooks before they became a sponsor of the show. And they, it's specifically for exactly the reasons that you mentioned. Before I started using FreshBooks and, or similar services, it was, okay, I'm doing everything by hand and all emailing them and begging for money. And, you know, these, in my case, it was FreshBooks, use these services, and it sort of takes all that pain away so that now I can, I can grow the business. I don't think TWIP itself would be what it is today if it wasn't for that kind of offloading. I need to get to the point where you are, Lindsay, where I'm converting my digital minions <laughs> into physical minions. So, mm-hmm. Julia, what about you? Are you a are you a minion loving fool over there too? I, I have actually um, I've actually done the opposite. I'm, I really wanted to get back to kind of doing a lot more um, kind of I guess in, in a way a control freak, and so I went back <laughs> to uh, 
doing things through people helping me out online, with the exception of if it's a, if it's a shoot and I need assistance and you know producing the, with the whole bit. Um, I, I've, I've kind of really been embracing minimalism in my life over the last couple of years. But I think I think stuff like this, like like service, like Agree and, Fr- and FreshBooks. Uh, personally, I, I use QuickBooks because that's what my um, my CPA likes for them. Yeah, uh, that's the that's the most that's the best tip I can give you. If when it comes to this kind of stuff, if you're working with other people like CPAs and they're like use this, and it'll make their job easier, which will save you money, then then use whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think this I think Agree could be pretty cool. It seems a little like it may be tailored more towards retail type uh, photography or perhaps designers yeah, uh, yeah. with, with my clients, usually there's, you know, they, they send over um, some, some terms and conditions and I'll send over some of mine and then we kind of blend them together and it just becomes the conversation uh, through like Google docs. And then at the very end I say, okay, great. We signed. Now give me that yeah. money. And how does that happen? <laughs> how does the money piece happen for you? Do you just, you send them an invoice through FreshBook or through uh, through PayPal or no? I, I, I use QuickBooks uh, okay. and, and then it's a it's a check, so it's fifty percent down, fifty percent when I deliver. Um, if it's a new client, I don't give them terms. That means that uh, when I deliver the images, they should have they got to have a check ready, or there's no images being delivered. Because uh, I I know a lot a lot of photographers don't do that, but I've taken the uh, the stance that I don't think artists should be banks for major corporations. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's what I do. And you know what? And, and, I, and I've had a pass on some, some nice jobs, but um, I could do that. And so I, I, I did it. But once, um, once a company builds credit with me, like I know they're, they're going to pay on time. They're cool to work with. And there's no switcheroo regardless, regardless of what's signed, then terms comes into play. And I've got, I got clients that'll pay me 60, 90 days out and, you know that's okay because we've had there's credit. Know them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but like new clients, it's you know it's it's cash for cash and carry, man. Yeah, I mean that's a good way to be. It's uh, it's guilty until proven innocent when it comes to getting your money, right? <laughs> I, I think I have a little more uh, street in my business than a lot of people. Uh, you know, I used to I used to know when I first started shooting, I, I made sure to know some scary people that would <laughs> for, <laughs> for X amount of dollars, and um, that would be utopia right oh yeah yeah all right guys uh we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna answer a listener question this episode of this week in photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy to use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing you can try FreshBooks for free just head over to freshbooks.com twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section when you sign up And as I've said on This Week in Photo before, we use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know, as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and you know all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain. And thankfully, FreshBook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or 
you know, sort of messing with our creative juices. With FreshBooks, you can invoice clients. It's easy. You can do it in seconds, and expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger. You're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff. You can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your, on your mobile phone. You can whip up business reports. You can stay on top of your income, expenses, and tax time is coming up. So with a couple of clicks, you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP, enter the code This Week in Photo or TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to, uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of This Week in Photo. All right, folks, it is time for some listener Q&A, and this week's question is from Diane Shopik. Diane says, I'd like to extend, expand my portfolio of fashion photography, but I don't live in a major, a major fashion center. How can I start to shoot more fashion on my own? Where can I go to find stylists and wardrobe people to collaborate with? And it just so happens <laughs> on the show, we have two people that can answer that. Lindsay Adler, you live in a major metropolitan area. Julio, you do too. But Lindsay, you are in the major metropolitan area of New York City. What should Diane do to uh, build up her, her her minions of stylists and wardrobe? Well, I didn't start in New York City. I started in upstate New York. And it was um, culturally away from being a fashion center as you can get. <laughs> and yeah, I used to live in Albany. That's, that's far away. Binghamton. Right? Binghamton. So we, yeah, exactly. You understand. Um, And so how I started to build my fashion portfolio and have it actually look like a real fashion portfolio um, for the wardrobe stylist part of that is I went to local colleges and universities that had a fashion design program. And I would find ways to speak to the people in charge of those programs and then collaborate with the students. That was a great way to do it. Um, Another way to do it or another benefit or another uh, avenue that I found was the local theater and opera companies because they had a lot of interesting wardrobe that sure it was costumes but costumes can photograph really interestingly as avant-garde pieces and so sure I didn't have the credits that were necessarily high-end but I had unique clothing in that way Um, also in the days of you know the internet I have designers that send me pieces from all over the place. And I would connect with people from Etsy. Like when I was in upstate New York, it was a lot of people from Etsy and DeviantArt that I would find designers that did um, like this one guy on DeviantArt did these like steampunk pieces. And so I reached out to him and he, I would pay for shipping and I would be able to have these avant-garde steampunk pieces to throw in with the dress that I bought from H&M. But it looked like high fashion when you added the steampunk piece. So I think it's obviously just being really resourceful and building connections that way. And now, for example, I have a, a designer that we've been friends with, been friends for a while, and she's in Boston, does headpieces. And if I have a shoot concept, I'll just say, hey, I have this idea. Do you want to create something? And she'll make me something for my shoot 
like put her creative stamp on it as well. And it has no, it has no um, correlation to the fact that I'm in New York. It's the relationship that I built from meeting her on Facebook. Yeah. Relationship building. So, so Lindsay, Julie, I want to have you chime in too. But Lindsay, what about services like Model Mayhem or One Model Place, or mm-hmm. is it, are those good places to go? I hear I hear mixed reviews on on those services. Some people say they're like from Satan, and other people say they're just awesome. What, what do you think? You know, I have both opinions in one person because <laughs> um, because the person I currently work with, well, some of the several of the artists I currently work with for hair and makeup and for wardrobe, I originally met on Model Mayhem. So if these are still the artists that I work with today on my projects, it really can't be that terrible, right? Uh, It was a good place to meet and cultivate these relationships. The downside, of course, is that there's a lot of crappy people that you'll work with and run into. Like You've got to weed out the bad ones to find the good ones. Um, but yeah. that's what testing is all about, as he was speaking about before. And, um, you know, some cities and some countries and some places, Model Mayhem is stronger and more active or one model place. So it's kind of a toss up. Like, I, I think it's worth trying. And then you'll decide how much you love or hate it soon, <laughs> quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think you, you hit it right on the head. And I, and I think it's testing and and then once you shoot with a bunch of people or work with a bunch of people then you kind of leave those services behind because now you have the contacts with two or three right. makeup artists mm-hmm. and 10 models that you use for different shoots and you can just go directly to them julio what, what about you man how do you like this this listener question of where do they find stylists and wardrobe and all those people to collaborate with how do you do it when you're building a shoot well, when, when I first started shooting and um, I was shooting food and, and I actually wanted to grow into editorial portraits, uh, I reached out to some of the talent agencies. When I, this was 10 years ago. I lived in Phoenix and uh, I wanted to start doing model tests. So there's a, in every agency, uh, big or small, every town, big or small, has people in those, in those locations that want to be on camera talent, actors, models, whatever. Uh, and they need... They need images for their their, their comm card. Yeah. So I would uh, get with the agency. They would send me their their new talent. And so they're not going to be the best, but as long as they had a good attitude, um, they would come. And then often the agency would recommend makeup artists, wardrobe, whatever. And then we would test. And then I, I also did that when I first started to help generate income. So I would do two or three tests a day. And that helped get me my, my name out. It brought a little money in. And it helped... Uh, I helped build my book. So I only would use Model Mayhem or one model place. I totally forgot what model place was still around. <laughs> I, don't I was like, back in my space. Yeah. But I only use those services if I have to. They just feel like they're more oriented towards like the old dude that wants to shoot like a half-naked chick. The GWC guy with yeah, camera. Yeah, like in a barn or something on some hay. You know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Those kinds of <laughs> like it's, you know, it's okay. like if you can arch your back by X amount of degrees, model mayhem's for you, you know? Oh, my God. But I have, I have no memory card in my camera, but let's go shoot, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Model testing is a great way to do it. Um, you know, and as long as talents have a good attitude, don't expect them to, don't expect to get seasoned talent unless you are an established fashion photographer you're going to get rookies but they're going to come in they're going to do like the first thing they do is hand on a hip you know mm-hmm. <laughs> or or they're not or they're going to have the same exact look on their face mm-hmm. for every emotion 
you know, smile. Yeah, show me angry. Sad. Show, show me, me angry. Sad. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, like, are you sad? Are you on the toilet? What does that look? <laughs> you know, but, but you, you just got to work with them. But it's, 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 if you're That's just good exercise out, though, right? That's good exercise. It really is. So if they're just starting out and you're starting out, um, that could be cool. And then some of the people that I tested with went off to Hollywood and they're working on some, uh, some TV shows and they're still on some TV shows. And so you never know. You never know. You never know. All right. Before we, before we leave this, uh, and go into our picks of the week for the folks that are living in New York city, I'm sure they're watching this. Lindsay, people are going to want to know where you get your hair and makeup done. Where do you, where do you go to get the Lindsay Adler, Adler look there? Yeah. So I have two hair and makeup artists that I work with regularly. One's name is Johnny Gonzalez and the other is Griselle Rosario. And both of those people I worked with when I first moved to New York, but they were among dozens that I worked with, dozens and dozens that I tested out. And those are the two that have really kind of stood the test of time of growing with me, being talented people, and then also being reliable. So those are my two go-to people. All right, folks, if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show, just head over to thisweekphoto.com and click on our submit a question link and send us a question or leave us a voice message. All right, folks, we're going to jump into the picks of the week segment. And remember, you guys can pick anything to recommend to the TWIP listeners as long as it is somehow related to photography. Lindsay Adler, I'm going to let you go first. What is your pick of the week? Okay, because I think I know yours, I'm modifying mine slightly. <laughs> you um, can pick the same thing. Yeah, I don't care. Well, okay. So my pick of the week is actually based on a trip that I just made. So the trip I made to Peru, my mom and I decided to be super ambitious and climb this ridiculous hike. It was three and a half miles, one way, straight up stairs with no flat. It was just stairs the whole way. And it was crazy. And it would drop off like swinging around. I had it locked in place on my hip. And then the hand strap. So when I went to take a picture, I didn't worry about dropping it over the cliff. And you can actually, not only is it, is it strong and it's durable. So it's, you know, feels great on the hand for, you know, carrying it around all day, but there's actually another thing that you can tie around your hands. So you can't actually drop it. It's not even possible to, so those would be my picks because of my little adventure I just went on. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Support. Support is always good. And it's weird with these camera straps and things that because it's like how personal this stuff is. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Julio, was it Julio? Was it you that, that introduced me to Peak Design? It might have been. Yeah. Peak and uh, Lance before I Lance camera straps. Yeah. Yeah. And since then, I've been using them on all my cameras and it's a system that you get sort of blocked into. So I've got hand straps. I've got you know, neck straps, thick ones, thin ones, whatever, you know, for whatever occasion. And the old days of, okay, I picked this kind of, you know, hippie neck strap that I'm going to use all the time. Those are gone. Now I can just clamp on whatever I want to whatever camera, whether it be the hand strap or whatever, and just roll with it. Julio, what about you? What, uh, what do you have to recommend today? Um, I'm going to recommend Squarespace. Oh, nice. <laughs> are you? I, uh, I, I really am. You know, I, I often talk a lot about about gear, and gear is, is, is fun. It's also kind of like low-hanging fruit. I love my tripod or whatever, and it's cool stuff, and it has its place. But as, as you know, Frederick, you know, you and I were talking about doing podcasts and, you know, all this cool stuff, and, like, I had small camera, big picture, which was kind of blowing up in its own right, and then my photography business. And, I, and, and it was, like, earlier this year, I was, like, overwhelmed. I was, like... So grateful for these opportunities. I have way too much coming at me. It was like overwhelming. So I just kind of like 
I just said one day, I said, I got to do something drastic. And I went and got on Squarespace within like three or four hours. I had a site going, you know, and, 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 be, and I'm used to like, ha- I'm, I'm used to paying people to make the sites for me to yeah, kind of go back yeah. to the pr- previous conversation. But I made the site so fast and it looks great. I already got an assignment from the site because it's so minimal. It's, I got stills, cinematographs, and motion. I landed a really, really good assignment actually with a wireless carrier. And um, I can update the site on my phone. I can update it on my tablet. I can get analytics. I can blog with it, which I have. And so now it's like I've, I, I'm always, always keeping my site fresh, my blog and all that because it's so easy. So it, it kind of threw me back at first because I think it was like it's like 100 bucks a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like super cheap. So I was like, how good can it be? And it's phenomenal. So, you know. Yeah. Well, 100%. You know, you know what I have to throw in there because Squarespace sponsored this episode. If people try Squarespace and use the code TWIP at checkout, they get 10% off. Look at that. And they should. They should. And um, I, don't, I don't think I told you prior to this that I relaunched with Squarespace, but it really is a, it's a good service. I didn't know. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check it out. Is that at smallcamerabigpicture.com? There is no more smallcamerabigpicture.com. That's gone? That's gone, dude. I, I ended that project. It's just Julio Shorio now. Oh, good on you, man. Good. Consolidating so, the brand. I have to. I had too much going on. So it's, yeah, it's all Squarespace now and, and I'm loving it. And I checked out there your you site go. and it's beautiful. I had looked oh. at it earlier. Oh, thank you. And I actually recognized many of the photos uh, that I didn't know who they came from. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. I was looking and I'm like, I know that photo and I know that photo and I know that photo. I just didn't know who they belonged to. So now I know. Oh. <laughs> right yeah. on. That's Julio Sorio right there. Cool, man. Awesome. That's it. That's good. And yeah, I would encourage the Twit listeners to head over to your site and uh, give you some feedback, right? So totally. Yeah, feedback is always good. All right, cool. Well, my pick is the five-day deal, obviously. Those are those folks that are, I think by the time that you listen to this episode, if you listen to it on launch week, which will be this Friday, the 11th, when this goes out, the deal will already be a day old. So you only have four days left to purchase this thing. So definitely check it out. Full transparency, the way that they fund the deal and the way that they structure all this is with affiliate. And Lindsay, I'm going to link to yours too so people can bounce over to your site. And the way their cookies work, I think it's the last person that clicked on the link gets whatever. So we'll make it fair and balanced. (laughs) Okay. So I was waiting because I was really excited. Um, I've got, Uh I've got, so I've got like cool workshops. I've got something in Vancouver and I'm doing some, uh, the promoting passion conference in North Carolina, which is put on by my best friend, Brooke Shaden. So that's new for me. And I I, interviewed her. See, that's your best friend. That's my best friend. How do you see that's, you know, you guys rock. See, (laughs) we got to hang out. All three of us have to hang out in New York at photo. Okay. She will be here. So we'll, we'll, we should all make a big group party. I know. Julio, me, you, everybody, we're going to hang out and, yeah. and uh, talk photography and drink libations. Yeah, right, and, I get, and I get to talk about Julio's work because now that I know who it is from. Okay, um, <laughs> so my exciting thing is when this airs, so this will be the first interview that I've said this, um, I am officially a Canon Explorer of Light. So right. I just got my Canon sponsorship, which I had been waiting for since... I started photography, <laughs> so I was really excited, and it starts kind of a new 
a new chapter of my career, and I'm just thrilled to be able to say that. Congratulations. That is crazy. And Julio, you're, so you're, Lizzie, you're an explorer of light now, officially, Mm -hmm. right? And Julio, you're a Lumix Luminary. So yes, I'm exploring like a different light. <laughs> I have royalty on my show. I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel unworthy now. Oh, jeez. You're so dumb. That is great. That is great. Congratulations. So that's brand new then, right? This, this just happened, Lucy? Well, at the time of this filming, it hasn't happened yet. But by the time it's announced, oh. it has. <laughs> so. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Back to the future. I love it. Exactly. I love it. Well, congratulations. Pre-congratulations to the future you. Thank you. Be an explorer of light, of light at some point in the future, which by the time people listen to this will be the past. I don't know. Inception. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. Any other news you want to share? Um, I have a new educational website, which is basically just I have so much education out there, so I put it in one place, and it's learn. It's learn.lindsayalderphotography.com. So. If you check it out, I, I don't know. I just put together, I got new stuff. I've got some of my old stuff. Just a more friendly place to learn from me than a store. Something a little more inviting. It's my little hub, my little home for education. Learn.lindsayadlerphotography.com, yep. right? Yep. Okay, I'm just putting the link in the show notes right now. Cool. And thank you for coming on the show again, especially on a holiday weekend. You showed up. I, this is unprecedented. I appreciate it. You, you, you should probably get a barbecue or someplace, you know, having fun right now. Yet you're at home in front of your computer on the internet with us. I'm glad you think I'm that interesting. <laughs> I was working all day. We all know. We all know. You're going partying in New York after this. That's right. All right, <laughs> all right Julio Sorio, the other interesting person on the show. What's, uh, what's coming up for you in the future? I'm working on a really cool project with a wireless carrier. Um, can't say the name just yet, but soon. Um, they uh, they hired me based off of what I've been doing with Cinemagraphs and uh, my blog, my Squarespace uh, site. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's basically I am shooting whatever I want to shoot. What? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is pretty cool. And um, it, it's, it's a great project. It's a great project. So I, I don't have to deal with any creatives. I basically shoot it on the go as I travel. And um, I'm excited to get it out there. You know, I'm really am. Uh, and then I got a really, really cool personal project I'm working on. Speaking of self-tests uh, in Portland and in Bend, Oregon coming up, which is going to be uh, mountain bikers and beer and the brief separate because I want to do something different and awesome. So I'll be out there doing that. And then Adobe Max and Photo Plus and I'll shoot anything to her with Joseph. So yeah. a, lot, a lot of good stuff. Yeah. That's really cool. You're busy. You're always busy. I love it. This is why we haven't talked in so long because you're, we're both busy, but you are, you're a different kind of busy than I am. <laughs> you're like rock, I you're I rock you're star more, busy. <laughs> I think you're more busy than I am. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm like businessman busy. You're a rock star on tour busy, which is a different kind of cool busy. I like your busy better. Thanks. Better. thanks. It's pretty cool. Still exploring uh, uh, drones. Still playing with those too. Oh, yeah. We got to talk. We got we to gotta make some time to talk offline. All right. Uh, and what do I have coming up? So coming up. Uh, November 29th through December 12th, I'm heading to Vietnam oh. to uh, for 14 days and 13 nights. I'm going to help out Ralph Velasco on his photo enrichment tour. Enrichment tour. I think there's 
I think there's like 20 people going. There's like one or two slots left. So if you want to join us, please head over to the link that I'm putting in the show notes and check it out. It's uh, I think he's got like seven different cities that we're going to be popping into and it's going to be insane. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. I'm really looking forward to it. And for me, like we've been talking about on the show, this is, it's kind of work, but it's more of a personal project. Like I don't have to go on this trip. I'm going because it's like a, I need to get away from this, from the California world and put myself into a different location to supercharge or recharge my batteries. I feel like I'm on E create, you know, creatively that I need to transplant myself, recharge, and then I'll come back a different person. <laughs> right on. So, yeah. So definitely go check that out. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. All right, guys, thanks to both of you for coming on. This is the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. I want to thank our sponsors for this episode. That's FreshBooks, Squarespace, and Lynda.com. Without them, the lights would not be on. And also be sure to check out our website over at ThisWeekInPhoto.com. But with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. Week in Photo is a PixelCore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.